Hello everyone, welcome to Podcasting Social Work. Today's podcast is on social policy and social work. Podcasting Social Work is a platform for learners, educators, social workers, and activists to share your stories, knowledge, and skills to empower communities and transform lives. My name is Hassan. I am a registered social worker of Ontario. I teach social service worker program at Centennial College. I have the opportunity to work with diverse communities and learners in Canada and across the world. It is my great pleasure to host this episode and to have conversation with Mr. Anthony Longo, who is a social policy analyst and a social worker. How are you, Anthony? I am doing amazing today. How are you doing? I'm doing great and I'm very excited to have you and would like to have conversation. Hope our students, our listener will enjoy this episode. So can you please tell us about your educational and professional background in social policy? Absolutely. So from a young age, I've always been really interested in social work and I didn't really know that that's what it was called, but I was always just interested in helping people and trying to make a difference in the world as much as I could through volunteer opportunities and just working with people in the community. And then I finally realized that that was called social work from a professional capacity. Um, so when it was time to go to university, I um, actually went to York University and I did my bachelor's in social work, my BSW. Uh, and I did that for about four years. And then I went on and I did my master's of social work also at York University. Um, at that time, I didn't know what social policy was. And when I found out what it was, I knew I wasn't interested in it at all. Interesting. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I just felt like policy sounded very dry and very boring and it wasn't something that really interested me um, and then in about I believe it was third year university they make you take a mandatory uh, like social policy uh, research course okay. for your social work degree um, and my professor was amazing and the course was amazing and it changed my perspective on it and I realized that I love research I love policy um, and that is something that I think would inform my future career in social work and in social services. So I kind of had a keen interest. I think it, it helped that I got an A plus in that class. So that really made me wow. interested as well. Um, but I didn't think that it was going to be that exciting. But um, it, the professor made it not dry and made it very relevant to the real world. Um, so during my time at York University with my BSW and MSW, I did some student placements. I've always been very interested in government social services. So I had a placement at a, a, a municipal social services, just working with um, frontline clients uh, accessing uh, benefit programs. Like a caseworker role? Yes, like in a caseworker role, exactly. And looking at sort of income assistance programs. Um, and while I was there, I realized that policy is everywhere. And wow. it governs every single job that we do, whether it is actual just local frontline policy, whether it's health and safety policy, or whether it's down to you know big legislation, program legislation, rules and guidelines, directives, acts. And I couldn't get away, I couldn't get away with it. So it was everywhere, it was all over the place, and I had to learn it in order to be good at my job. Um, I dabbled in a little bit of counseling as well when I was in university at one of my placements, and I realized that that government social services was for me. So I sort of stuck with that career path. Um, and uh, once I finished, I am currently registered with the Ontario College of Social Workers and Social Service Workers, um, and I work uh, in a government organization specifically focused on social policy analysis and development. And as well, part-time, as some of you may know, I do teach here. I am... Yeah, we, you are a very popular teacher I at Centennial so. College. <laughs> I am a part-time professor here, and my specialties are social policy legislation, power and social movements, uh, and social issues and political process. 
it has been a great experience to work with you anthony um now i would like to request you from your work experience and based on your academic uh, experience and knowledge uh, would you like to define the term social policy yeah definitely um so to me social policy is policy usually within government or a political setting um uh, but it focuses specifically on uh social welfare or the 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 welfare state um and the study of social services so social policy consists of guidelines principles legislation directives acts um and activities that affect the living conditions um conducive to human welfare such as a person's quality of life so to me that's kind of my best understanding of it what it looks like on the front line can be very different depending on the type of social policy you're studying or that you're working in whether it's with children seniors um individuals families um immigration like there's so many different types of policy yes. um that's just a very general understanding so as i understand that social policy study help us to identify and conceptualize and address human need and i also come to know through working in this field for over 20 years that social policy promotes social welfare do you agree absolutely absolutely agree and we also have learned that social policy study enables us to look at the need risk inequalities of the member of our society and design programs based on the needs of the people so that we can help our communities our families our children our seniors immigrants indigenous communities yeah so yeah so from this kind of discussion we can see that the scope of social policy is so broad and so Absolutely. huge and as social workers um what do you think why we should study social policy so that's a great question i i'm a firm believer that social policy is absolutely essential um it is needed in our world in our government um in our local communities and the reason is because policies are constantly changing humans are constantly changing communities are constantly social contexts are changing absolutely right and so part of my job as a policy analyst is to to look at at the changes that are happening analyze the policies and look at ways to making better changes if not then the policies from you know 50 100 years ago would be the exact same as they are today and you can imagine that they wouldn't apply in today's social context so we're constantly working at making changes making lives easier for people meeting our clients and our service users where they are in their lives because oftentimes policies are they're designed for the service user but they're not designed by the service user so there's always gaps there's always things that can be improved on and so part of my work is really looking at sort of making things more efficient making them easier for people helping people navigate the system better as well as helping services get integrated so that uh, as a service user of the you know the, the welfare state for example um they don't have to access multiple services from different doors they can go anywhere um and get that same service from one entry point which is really the most uh, efficient point of access quick points so what i understand from your conversation that social policy help us help social workers yeah. to understand people better absolutely and to address their needs their barriers and to empower them and social policy studies also help us to advocate yeah. 
mm -hmm. uh, for people we are working with. In this regard, how you are playing this kind of role, how you advocate for the for our people, for our community people, for the marginalized community. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I would say that obviously, you know, we're not perfect. Um, it's really hard to put yourselves in the shoes and understand 100% what um, a service user or a client is going through on a day-to-day -day basis. But I always say going through my schooling and going through some of my um, work experiences that I like to call myself an ally. Even though I may not be 100% in the same position as somebody that's accessing the services and, and being affected by the social policies, doesn't mean I can't support them, doesn't mean I can't be an ally, doesn't mean I can't empathize with what they're going through. Um, and part of what being an ally means is knowing when to take a step back and let a service user tell their story. Um, so oftentimes, especially in current policy analysis and research, um, it's about sitting down, having focus groups, doing quantitative and qualitative studies with people that use the service and that are affected by it every single day, not Wonderful. for somebody that's a complete outsider. So it's getting those groups of people together, asking them what they want to see, asking them what's working and what's not working, and then that's what's going to inform the policy changes. So I understand from your conversation that listening to people Absolutely. who are using the services yeah. are very important and we are using various social science methods and yeah. methodologies to grab their knowledge, experience, and their feedback. Yep. And we are going to utilize this feedback into our next policy change Absolutely. on that particular Absolutely. policy. Yeah, and in, in sort of the policy world, we call it, uh, in the project management world, we call it user-centered design. So what that means is, as opposed to designing a, a system, that you just think looks great on paper, you're actually putting the user, the service user, the client, the patient, whatever we want to call them, right in the center of the design Absolutely. and saying it's about the service user. Let's design it around them. Why should I make them walk to 10 different buildings to get access to 10 different services? Why don't I bring all the services into one building so that it's easier for the person, so that it's easier for them and their family to access the services? Why are we making people jump through hoops when it's not conducive? and it's not productive. Absolutely, great. And uh, your conversation lead us to have another uh, question. That is, uh, there are a few steps. Uh, we know that uh, in social policy process, such as issue identification, policy formulation, adoption, policy adoption, policy implementation, and policy evaluation. So tell us about your experience in each stages mm -hmm. of policy process. How a social worker can participate? Yeah. And what is the importance of participation in this kind of process? Absolutely. So obviously, as you mentioned, there are different steps. Um, and what I've learned is you may not have a seat at the table for every single step. Sometimes in just in organizations in general, um, based on your position, you may not be a part of all of those conversations. Um, one of the most important things that I've learned is doing what you can and trying your best to, to have a seat at the table from the social work perspective, bringing sort of that social social justice and equity kind of perspective to the table. Um, I think the biggest, the most important part is that issue identification. If we're not able to identify, clearly identify what the actual issue is that we are trying to solve, then the whole process will be wrong. We need to look at it, we need to analyze it, and part of that is doing research going out, talking to people through qualitative studies, surveying people through quantitative studies, but also looking at literature reviews. Absolutely, um, doing so like important, yeah. Jurisdictional scans are huge, so those are where we go out and we actually study what other areas are doing. We study maybe what other provinces or what other countries are doing, how it's working for them, what's not 
not working for them. So we call that a jurisdictional scan. We call and we, we try to see what they're doing and then we try to apply it to what we're trying to do. So, so in this regard, uh, it reminds me your conversation, the importance of critical thinking. Absolutely. Especially in all aspects of policy process, uh, from issue yeah. identification to policy And any uh, of you who are listening yeah. that took our social uh, issues and political process class, that is week number two lecture, critical thinking. <laughs> yes, so critical go back thinking. to that one. <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic, absolutely. So critical thinking is at the heart of our policy study. Absolutely. And it enables us to understand the context uh, to uh, ask questions critically, yeah. uh, to get in, to get information from the community who are the service user, and to um, to uh, incorporate their feedback into the policy development process is so important. So you mentioned about agenda setting or issue identification is so important and I understand from your discussion that that also help us to set the goal for the policy change. So what is the next step? Uh, We know that policy formulation in that step, what kind of uh, role social worker usually or you play? Yeah, Um, so I guess it, it truly depends again on what what somebody does uh, specifically in the policy field. Um, In terms of social workers in general, what I would like to tell people and what I always remind people is don't forget who you are. Don't forget what perspective you're bringing. So if you're bringing the social worker perspective, then you are advocating on behalf of the client, of the service user. So you're trying to bring their perspective to to the policy. Um, So you would basically sit there and constantly remind people, what, who are we here for, right? We're writing this policy. We're creating something for people, for people that are using it. So that's the perspective that I like to bring. Um, And then finally, like that last piece, obviously implementation is huge because you have to implement the policy. Um, We like to say... And just in between policy adoption is there where we have... Uh, what kind of role actually we can play that we, we are engaged in policy formulation yeah. uh, recommendations and then our lawmakers mm-hmm. are uh, passing the policies yeah. through conversation. So in policy adoption process, we know it's more about the policymakers. Yes. But how actually social workers can advocate within their team? Of course. it's and Honestly, that one's probably a really hard step because it's, like you said, it's about advocating and it's about being able to get the right person in front of you and being able to present it properly. So how I like to frame it is, I always say it's it's a, it's my recommendation. This is what I recommend and this is why. Um, and I like to basically be extremely upfront about it, but also talk about what the efficiencies are, what the the cost savings are, like all of those yes. other political things as well, because because that's a part of it. That's something that- Rationals and previous of arguments. Course, even though I'm bringing the social work perspective, it's not just about the social work perspective. So I always try to hit on all of those other things. Cost is one of them, um, what it looks like for the economy, all of that kind of stuff as well is really important. So it's part of my job to present those findings and to, to lay it out there so that the, the policymaker or the person who's making the decision has all of the facts laid out in front of them. Wonderful. So you're trying to uh, share your experience in policy implementation. Yes. yes. would like to listen uh, from you about policy implementation. Well, I mean, what I would say is it, it really depends. I've done a lot of like sort of local, very frontline policy implementation where we take big pieces of legislation, big pieces of acts and directives that govern our programs um, and implement them very on a frontline level. So what I've done is I've written local policies for staff to use um, that 
help them interpret the big legal legislation that's interpretation is so important for social workers yes absolutely right so if the legislation says that you need to do x y and z and sometimes it can be very confusing and very convoluted i like to make it in very simple layman terms but again from my perspective it's always about the service user it's always about the client so i write from that social justice perspective how can we help the person that this policy is for absolutely and um based on my experience when I was working in frontline and uh, working as a caseworker mm-hmm. um, with a government body in Canada, um, I have come to know that there are a lot of options. There are. Maybe for a caseworker, I may not have the discretion to offer that service mm-hmm. for that particular person, but I can of course talk to my supervisor and ask uh, the other options to support the client Absolutely. Uh, for, for the well-being of that particular yeah. person. So it's so important that uh, we should not just follow page-by-page policy outlines or guidelines. Yeah. Uh, we can also question and we can also discuss with our supervisor exactly. to get advice and to see whether uh, the supervisor has any discretion within yeah. that policy framework exactly. to implement the policy effectively and to help the person yeah. more effectively. Yeah. Exactly. And what, I, what I've always noticed is, you know, there are a lot of policies that are black and white, but there are a lot of policies that aren't. There's yes. a lot of gray area. Absolutely. And so that's where either the, the workers or the supervisor's discretion comes into play, or that's where the, the local policies can be developed to, to be an ally within the gray area. And I like to say that if, if it isn't black and white and there is a lot of gray, then we should be working from that. Again, err on the side of the client. Let's work with the, the people that this is for. Absolutely. I personally feel that policy implementation phase is so important for social workers to uh, implement the policies as well as to identify the loopholes if there is uh, because they are facing to the clients. Yeah. They can get feedback from the client on that particular services and they can uh, put it in their notes in the system. We know that we have various we have various systems to record our clients' feedback and overall planning for that particular uh, person when we are working uh, through case management. Anyway, so um, yeah, so regarding policy evaluation, mm-hmm. uh, we know that you were constantly engaged in this kind of work, and uh, would like to know about this step as well. Yeah, so I think this is a huge, like a really, really important step. It's probably, I would say, the second most important step after uh, identifying the issue, uh, because once a policy exists or once it is implemented, you things, like we said, things constantly change, social context change, political powers change. So you want to constantly be evaluating it based on what's happening currently in the world because things change and maybe it worked at one point and then doesn't work anymore. So Absolutely. you want to have people that are constantly looking at it, again, with that sort of critical thinking to challenge it. And if it's not working, why? Let's talk to the people that it's impacting. And if we need to make a change, let's make a change. Maybe we need to make an amendment. Maybe we need to revise it. And you'll notice that if you look at policies, when you look at legislation, there's always a revision date. Absolutely. Because things change. Absolutely. Right? And when there is any change in our leadership, in our government, yeah. is there any change? Um, any change in the political parties who are uh, leading us in this province or in this municipality or in this country. So there's a lot of changes are happening constantly. constantly. And in this regard, I would like to know from you how political ideology is impacting social policy-making process. Hmm. I would say that they, they definitely play a huge role. It's always about what the political agenda is of the day. Um, and 
as you know somebody that works in government social policy it's really about it's there's a fine line because you have to be impartial and you have to kind of go with what the political agenda is of the day um so it definitely has a huge impact on it um but there's always ways that the policies um can be can be utilized to benefit people from the front line but what my answer would be is that definitely the political agenda is always impacting policy Absolutely. it is and just just like so many other things impact it uh, thank you so much for your perspective on um, social policy process. My specific question to you, what values and principles should be followed by social workers in social policy work? Yeah, definitely. That's a great question. Um, so this isn't something that necessarily has to be followed, uh, but I would say that you definitely need to know who you are as a person, as a social worker, what you represent, what you stand for, uh, what your, your goals, your values, your morals and your ethics are, and how you wanna bring those into your work. That's huge uh, because it helps you recognize what you're passionate about, but it, more importantly, it helps you recognize what your biases are. Um, yeah, and you so important. Yes, absolutely. And again, like as a critical thinker, as a critical social worker, you have to challenge yourself. You have to challenge what your biases are. You have to challenge, um, you know, some of the 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 intersectionality that's happened in your life um, that may have an impact on the policies that you write or the people that you deal with. So calling it out, calling out power and privilege, and and those biases. Is, is very crucial to policy development work. So in this, uh, it's very interesting you have raised the concern of uh, and the issue of intersectionality. Can you give us an example to understand better with intersectionality and social policy, how it relate and uh, how we should be mindful while working with people from diverse communities and backgrounds yeah. and orientations? I would say because we like we as individuals come from different backgrounds we have different things that impact our lives whether it's you know gender sexual orientation um uh, just cultural backgrounds religious backgrounds all of those come into play consciously or subconsciously when working with people and when working with policies um so you can't cover them all um but it's important to recognize that those biases exist but also recognize that you have that there's some power in that and that there's power in creating policy and there's power sitting on the employee side of the desk and what does that look like when you're working with people is is huge and what does that look like when you're writing those policies wow yeah it's a really really so in this regard i would like to connect with uh, another term yeah. anti-operative social work practice from that angle what are the values and principles we should consider while working as a policy analyst or a as a frontline social worker yeah. um so for that I always say be an ally, like I previously mentioned, but put yourself in in the person's shoes that you're working with, or put yourself in the in the shoes of the person that you're writing the policy for, right? From that anti-oppressive -oppre perspective, um, you have to remember that people don't necessarily want to be accessing the services that they're accessing, but they're there for a reason. Um, and you may not understand it, that reason, but you have to empathize with people and you have to put yourself on the other side of the desk. What would what would you want if you were sitting there, if you were the service user? Um, so little things that I used to do when I was um, working more frontline social, social work is, you know, there's that ominous sort of 
like elephant in the room when the social worker is typing away on the computer and perhaps the client doesn't see the computer so they don't know what they're actually typing. I, my biggest trick is I always turn the computer screen and say, let's be transparent. This is what I'm putting in my notes. This is what we're talking about. So that it's not like I'm trying to hide something. It's not like I'm trying to uh, be deceitful or be shady. If I can, if I can share my screen or show them, I always show them so that it sort of breaks down those barriers and humanizes the process because at the end of the day, we're all humans and we're yeah. all in this together. Uh, in regard to anti-oppressive social work practice, I also feel that uh, as social worker, we have to be very mindful how power operates in our Absolutely. society, how it marginalizes mm -hmm. people who hold power, yeah. and how the people with power are controlling our system. So it's very important to recognize that uh, how power works in our society and how it creates inequalities. So all those aspects are very um, important elements uh, while we are working as a social work, uh, while we are developing policy, piece of policy options or alternatives. It We have to be very mindful to, op, uh, to, op, to address all those um, issues. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. And um, regarding what is your uh, what is your advice to anyone interested in pursuing a career in social policy? Yeah. My number one piece of advice to anybody interested in pursuing a career in social policy is pick something that you love and that you're passionate about. Social work is very, very broad. As we mentioned, you can work in a number of fields with a number of different populations. Some you may connect with and some you may not. So if you know this about yourself and you recognize something that you're very passionate about, pick it and focus on it because as we mentioned sometimes policy can be a little bit dry so there's those those days where it may be boring but if you're passionate about the work and it's something that you love then you will read those those literature reviews and you will want to do that research Absolutely. because you're passionate about it that's my number one advice if you're not passionate about the population if you're not passionate about the work that you're doing then find find one that you are passionate about it because you're going to be there doing it every day number one advice for sure um my next piece of advice is um, engage the service users, the clients, the patients right from the beginning because as we mentioned user-centered design is very important and it's about the service user, it's not about the worker. So engage them from the beginning, ask them for their feedback, ask them what works and what doesn't work. So that Very important steps in social work, work. listening, it's, listening. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right, just write to like social work 101. What is your listening skills? Listen to what people need and use your critical thinking skills to, to determine how you can best address those needs. Absolutely. It's huge. Um, I always can, because I'm a kind of a policy nerd, is I love to read up on the history of the subject matter. So if I'm working in uh, like income-based benefit programs, for example, I want to know the history. What's the history of the welfare state? Where did it start? Um, how did it get from, you know, the, the churches running the, the social welfare state to to government agencies running the social welfare state to charities and all of those kinds of things like how did it get from point A to point B and how is it continuously shaping so I love to know the history because it helps me inform what Absolutely. the future is going to look like and there are other examples of uh, various countries around us and also I understand that uh, from your discussion I also feel that how our global system yeah. influencing our social policy process. Yeah. It's so important and it's not something we're focusing on our municipality or province or our country. country. Yep. How the global system operates yeah. 
and influencing us to shape our social policy. Absolutely. And, and day by day, it is becoming challenging. Yeah. The global system is more uh, promoting uh, individualism. Yeah. And they are not so much in favor of social welfare system. Yeah. So in this regard, uh, how as social worker we can prepare ourselves to challenge this kind of paradigm or notion? Yeah, I mean, that's it's really tough to to kind of challenge because you're you're not challenging an individual, you're challenging a structure, yes. you're challenging ideologies that aren't very tangible, it just is what it is. Um, but I like to challenge with history because history repeats itself, right? So let's look at the facts, let's look, look at what hap- has happened in the past and uh, recognize what hasn't worked and why it hasn't worked. And if we're going to go down those paths again, maybe we can acknowledge the fact that we've done this before and we've done it wrong. Um, but at the same time, look at what other jurisdictions, other provinces, other countries are doing and what's working. And let's steal some great ideas because, you know, there are other countries. There's great countries in Europe, for example, that have great social welfare systems and they have high quality of living, high happiness skills um, where people are, are getting the most of their welfare, their social welfare system. So let's look at what they're doing and maybe we can try and adopt that here. Absolutely. In this regard, I can see that even uh, starting from community organizing, yeah. raising voice on any unjust policy or yeah. global system is very important that yeah. even a social worker can do, uh, like our power and social movement. I was class. just going to say, hint, yeah, hint, take a look us. at the power that, and social yeah. movements class, right? Yeah, absolutely. So all of that really plays in. And I think for the students that are listening, you'll see that as you continue in, in your education and continue in your career, all of those things that you thought you were super boring when you learned them in school from us, um, they become relevant one day and you're like, wow, I can't believe I learned about that in school and now it's applying. And I'm still applying things that I learned in my education today that I never thought I would use. And they creep up, they creep up in interviews, they creep up in conversations and in policy and and it's really important. So sometimes you'll think you forget, but you will remember and it'll yes. be very crucial. Absolutely. So I see although global system has influenced on our uh, country's policies, but as social worker, we have the power to uh, organize community, to raise voice, and create resistance yep. on any oppressive policies. Uh, that is so important role that we can play in our social policy field. Thank you, Anthony, for your time. Mm-hmm. It was wonderful to have conversation on social policy and social work. And I'm very grateful. I hope our listener of uh, podcasting social work uh, are enjoying this episode. <laughs> Me too. Our students, of course, please listen to this podcast and uh, give us feedback.